Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is a weekly word. And we're we're talking about holy wonder. We're talking about beauty. And we're talking about uh, Dr. David Schmidt's presentation, Holy Wonder, the Experience of Beauty and Creedal Contemplation. Uh, I've placed a link to that whole article on my blog. And if you're interested in that, I would encourage you to check that out. And you can read it in his entirety because he says all of this way better than I ever could. Um, We've talked about created beauty. We've talked about how created beauty is a, uh, an experience of aching awe as we get to experience the goodness of God's creation, uh, but also the impact of the curse of decay that comes from our sin. We talked about broken beauty, uh, which is the experience of God's hidden love in the midst of the horror of evil and suffering in this world, which lead us to trust in suffering love and those those moments of trust and suffering love are, are very beautiful today we want to talk about promised beauty and to get at this i want to relate uh, a little bit of a story from dr schmidt's presentation regarding funeral home calendars I don't know if you ever had a funeral home calendar. I remember seeing them around. Uh, I think that this was a really common thing uh, years ago that uh, funeral homes would put out calendars every year. Sometimes they would have like the uh, the readings for the uh, the church year or the seasons of the church year connected to them and the like. Um, but Dr. Schmidt had been doing a presentation on funeral uh, preparation and the local funeral home had come alongside to help him with that, and they had provided him with a stack of calendars. And there were some people that he had kind of hoped would show up who didn't come, but he saved a calendar for them. And uh, uh, he had a awkward but uh, but somewhat humorous interaction with uh, with one of his members as he was giving her the calendar, um, and. Uh, in that conversation, basically, it came about that uh, it was really clear that she didn't want to talk about funeral planning, but she really liked the idea of resurrection planning. And this is what we're starting to talk about here when we talk about promised beauty. Everybody knows that we're going to die. But because of our relationship with Jesus and because of the victory that he's won for us, we look ahead beyond this life to something that's promised, and we live our lives in light of what God is yet to do for us. There is promised beauty where he wins the victory and he delivers it to it to us, and all things work out for the good of those who love Christ Jesus even if it looks like right now uh, everything's falling apart in our lives. You know, it is normal in the human life to experience decline. Uh, I often have conversations with people as we age, lamenting the inability to do what we once did. Uh, That reality stands in stark contrast to God's promise to raise us up to everlasting life, uh, to defeat death, Uh, to give us victory over the the curse of sin and the decay that it brings into our lives. 
we live in a space where Christ has already won the victory. We've received that victory by faith, and yet we, we struggle. We struggle with sin. We struggle with the breakdown of our bodies. And ultimately, we struggle with death, whether we're talking about our own death or the death of our loved ones. All of God's promises of victory, salvation, resurrection, and life, they, they're ours. These are things that we own right now. However, our life experience in this world would tell us that those wonderful things are not yet ours. They're ours now, but there's this experience that not yet, not yet. So we live within this tension of having gifts that are given now, but we've not yet experienced them in their fullness. We experience promised beauty when Christians take hold of God's gifts in hope and behave in ways that, that confess that we have received from God gifts that we have not yet fully experienced. And that now-not-yet tension, it's essential to this because it's living in that tension then that, that, we, um, that we, we start to live out of the hope that we have and we do acts of courage that are connected to that hope. Now, a dramatic example of this courageous life in light of God's promises, living, you know, holding on to those promises, recognizing that there is more and better yet to come. A dramatic response to that, you, you could look at the martyrs. Uh, these are people who were killed because they believed in Jesus and they proclaimed the hope of, of his beautiful resurrection that, that we will all receive. They, they proclaimed Christ, they proclaimed him crucified, and they were killed because of that faith. You see, rather than denying God's promises, they, they faced death trusting what was to come, what Jesus had prepared for them. So I think of St. Stephen, the first martyr. As he's dying, as people are throwing stones at them, he prayed for them that God would, would forgive them and that God would receive his spirit. That, that's beautiful. He has a hope and a confidence that, that goes beyond this life. And friends, there are people today, our brothers and sisters in Christ in other parts of this world, who risk suffering and death rather than turning away from Jesus. They display profoundly courageous hope that sees beauty beyond this world and, and, and the healing resurrection that's part of Jesus' return when he comes and, and he brings about the new creation. There are other actions, however, that are not so dramatic that are part of this promised beauty that display this, this hope that we have, that there's more beyond this life, that there's better that has been given to us in Christ and that we've received by faith. In his presentation, uh, Dr. Schmidt speaks of gestures of courageous hope. I like that. A gesture seems small. And a lot of times, that's, that's what it is. It's just living in these small, faithful ways that 
tell us that we have this eye to something beyond this life. And in many instances, what, what I'm talking about here, it, it's really not giving in to fear. You know, fear leads us to turn inward, to become defensive, to hoard our resources, to, to keep things for ourselves. Promised beauty, knowing that there's more beyond this life, that, that God has abundantly blessed us, that God has good gifts and, and good plans for us, um, knowing that this is all ours because of Christ and it's given to us freely and generously, it moves us to generosity. It moves us to actions of, of love and, and mercy for our neighbors. It moves us to forgive sins when we've been hurt. It moves us to be Christ's witnesses, sharing the good news that Christ has come and, and redeemed us. It moves us to, to acting by faith, to living by faith. Uh, at Gloria Day, uh, I sometimes talk about the penultimate and the, and the ultimate. Second to last things and last things. Promised beauty, uh, it's experienced in the, the penultimate experience of life. When, when we live in light, of this ultimate reality, this ultimate truth that Christ has won the victory for us, and it really is ours, even though we're still living in this not yet time. Jesus' victory is completely and fully yours, even if you are not experiencing victory in your life. It's yours because Christ has given it to you. And in his faithfulness, he keeps his promises. And that is really at the root of promised beauty. It's when our actions find their, their motivation, find their hope, find their courage in what Jesus has done for us. So as we trust those promises, um, we offer our lives up to God. In essence, we're like Stephen, you know, into your hands I commit my spirit. We do that through our whole lives. And it's beautiful when the Holy Spirit stirs up our faith and, and takes hold of, of God's promises so that we act confidently in, in Christ's fullness and faithfulness. Thanks for taking some time to be with me to think about uh, beauty. I'm going to do two more episodes on beauty uh, connected to Christmas. And what I'm going to try to do in those episodes is use different parts of the Christmas story to investigate those three types of beauty, the created beauty, the broken beauty, and the promised beauty. Um, so next week, I want to talk about the Annunciation, when Mary found out that she was going to have a baby, and, and hit those three parts of the creed in terms of what's going on in her life. And then... I want to get into the, the, the manger scene itself um, the, the following week, and we'll talk about how uh, created beauty, broken beauty, and promised beauty show up there at the manger. So, uh, God's blessings. If this has been helpful to you, please like it, share it, help other people to find it, and uh, God bless you. <music>